Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. Happy Thanksgiving. I cannot believe it is the end of November. That is absolutely batshit crazy to me, but here we are. I hope you guys are enjoying today. I hope you are celebrating with friends or family or, you know, eating something delicious, watching something great. You know, I know the holidays bring up some mixed emotions for a ton of people. I know they're not always easy. I know some of us dread this time of year. So if any of you are in that bucket, I see you. I'm here for you. And I hope you can find a great cheesy holiday rom-com to watch. Um, Spirited is an awesome movie with Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell that just came out on Apple TV. One of my favorite Christmas holiday movies from last year is on Netflix. It's called Love Hard. If you have not seen either of those, highly, highly recommend it. But I just want to start by saying I am so damn thankful for all of you. And I hope I express that enough on a regular basis, but obviously it's Thanksgiving right now and we're all thinking and focused on things that we're thankful for. And I just can't believe this is what I get to do for my career for my like a living it's the most incredible thing and it's not lost on me that I'm only able to do this because you guys tune in because you support because you share it with your friends and submit questions and all of that so I just really want to thank you all for listening for being open to learning for you know being open to hear different people's experiences I know some of the episodes might not be like the topic that you want to hear but you show up and you listen and you learn and it just is the most beautiful thing in the world to me and I couldn't be more appreciative and more grateful for all of you and for this community that we've built together over almost the last two years and if you're new, welcome to the family. It really is a family to me. And I'm so, so happy to have you here and so excited for you to get on this journey with me and with the whole Seeing Other People family. So today we are doing a Q&A episode. These are some of my favorite episodes to record. And oddly enough, I guess maybe not oddly enough because you guys clearly like them. Like they end up being the best performing episodes, which is so funny because I put so much effort into like getting guests on the show, but you guys show up for the Q and A's for the solo episodes. So, um, thank you to everyone who sent in questions either on the question form, which if you guys don't know about the question form, there's a highlight on the Instagram that says, ask a question, takes you to a Google form. You can anonymously submit your question, does not ask for your name or email or anything. Just always want to protect your anonymity and make sure you guys feel safe expressing what's on your mind. So you can always do that. And of course, doing the AMAs, the Q and A's on the Instagram story all the time. So make sure you are following along at seeing other people on Instagram. I am in Florida right now. My parents moved down here last December. That was really, really difficult for me. I am such a homebody, and part of why I loved living in New York City was because home was 45 minutes away. I could be door-to-door in an hour, just get on a a quick train, and 30-minute train, and just get picked up and go home, and you know, had Zoe, my family dog there, and, and my parents, and I'd come home, and we'd cook a great meal, and I would just sit in my room on the couch, like go walk around town with some of my, you know, childhood friends. And that was my happy place and where I felt most like me. And so their move down to Florida last year was really, really difficult. Um, and it happened right around this time. You know, we had our last Thanksgiving in the house and then I probably said bye to the house and moved to my town like a week later. Um, so it's crazy that we're a year out from that now. And you know, I'm back down here for about a week and it is starting to feel like a second home down here, but (laughs) it's also tough to have to 
have a long travel day. Um, I don't know if you guys saw my story. Holy crap. The travel hell that I went through getting down here. I'm a good traveler. I don't mind planes. I actually get like so much work done on planes and trains, not in cars because I get super nauseous. But when I travel with Barkley, and Barkley is my one and a half year old Shih Tzu Bichon puppy stuffed animal, for those who don't know, Barkley is not a good traveler. He has a ton of anxiety. He does not like being in an enclosed space. And when I travel with him, he has to be in his bag, which he doesn't like. So for the last three weeks, I've been dreading flying down here with Barkley. And, you know, we get to LaGuardia Airport. We leave the apartment at 12. We get there at like 1235. Our flight is at 235. Gets delayed to three o'clock. No big deal. We get to the gate sitting there. It starts getting delayed more. Um, you know, the plane arrived and the passengers got off. And next thing you know, they tell us, you know, maintenance is on board doing a normal check and making sure everything's working. And then they tell us, oh, they need more time. And then they're like, oh, they need another hour. And after about three hours of them delaying us, they said, yeah, the plane, the plane's no good. Um, we're, we have to cancel this. We're out of service. We don't think we're getting a new plane. And they told us the flight was not going to take off. It was canceled. So (laughs) ran upstairs to the ticket counter because everyone was like rioting at the gate, which I felt really bad for the people handling that. And I'm like, get me to Florida. And and at this point, like I've already left the airport three times to take Barkley out to pee and come back in through security. I've literally gone through security four times now. And we go over my options. They're like, all right, there's a flight out of JFK at eight o'clock. I'm like, okay, let's just do it. I There's this woman next to me at the ticket counter who's going through the same thing. And she like hardly speaks English, but I hear that she's making the same choice. And I look at her, I'm like, we'll share a cab. And so me and this lady embark on a journey through the most traffic ever to JFK airport. We get there and there is a flight also to West Palm Beach that is an hour delayed It is about to start boarding, but has not begun boarding yet. And so I run to the gate and I am like, are there seats left on this plane? And they're like, yes, there are. And I'm like, oh my God, can I get on? They're like, probably, but you have to go to the ticket counter and ask them. And I'm like, okay. So me and Barkley rush off to the ticket counter on a mission. And I'm like, there's this flight. They have a bunch of seats left. They haven't started boarding. Put me on the plane. And they're like, yeah, no, we can't do that. And I'm like, why? And they're like, we just can't. And I'm like, please, like it hasn't started boarding. They said it's okay. And they're like, no, it's too risky. I'm like, but they haven't started boarding. Anyways, really upset, left in defeat. Me and Barkley went on to share a dinner of hard-boiled eggs and a grilled chicken Caesar wrap. Um, I ate my dinner at the table. He ate his dinner on the floor. Probably a really great dinner for him. Really sad dinner for me. It was my chicken wrap from lunch um, and hard-boiled eggs I brought from the apartment. Anywho, we end up getting to Palm Beach at like 1 a.m. And um, as we get off the plane, Barkley like pees all over the airport floor and I'm so embarrassed and so exhausted. Now suddenly he has the most energy in the world and I'm just like, oh my God. Anywho, travel hell for the holidays. So I hope that you guys have a much better travel experience. I'm so sorry. I just told that whole story. I just really wanted everyone to suffer with me. Let's do some questions. Okay. Thank you again to everyone who submitted questions. Let's start with this one. I'm a 5'3 man. Do I have a chance? 5'3 inches. You have a chance. Absolutely, you have a chance. Um, most of my friends are like 5'1 or 5'0 or 4'11. You absolutely have a chance. And there are 1,000% 5'3 
women who are going to give you that chance. That being said, I think that dating apps are going to be an incredibly painful experience for you because most people are filtering you out. So you don't have that many options. You don't have as many options as a 5'8", 5'11", 6'2", man would have on the apps because they allow people to filter for height. You absolutely do have a chance. I think it's one of those situations where, you know, I always say if you were to meet someone in person and connect with them and then you guys like stand up and you realize they're not as tall as you thought they were, like you've already connected. You've already established that connection. You already are attracted to them. And just because they're a little shorter, like that's probably not going to make you no longer interested. So I would really try and focus on in-person opportunities, speed dating, you know, asking your friend who has a lot of friends that you might be interested in, or, you know, they are the type of person that you might be interested in asking them like, Hey, next time you hang out with your group of friends, like invite me. And that way you can really show off your personality and let that shine and not have it be about your height. So I would really try again to just focus on in-person meetings and places where, you know, you're not going to be not even an option because of your height, because of filters. I think that's the hardest part about dating apps is when people get filtered out and I'm sure you're amazing and so awesome. And I just think dating apps are going to be a little difficult for you. Next question. Tips for getting over an 18 month long situationship. Yes, really. When you're in the same friend group, avoiding him in social situations is nearly impossible and we either ignore each other and it's extremely awkward or I end up right back at his house. Oof, that is tough. Okay, you don't have to guess really me for an 18-month-long situationship. Trust me, I have done that and probably even longer. And I know that that is such a roller coaster. And if you're trying to get over it, yes, that is hard when you are in the same friend group. That is so hard. I understand why it's either awkward or you're ignoring each other or you end up back at his place. It's also awkward for like everyone else involved, which is unfortunate. What I would say, and this sucks, but really the only thing that you can do is take time away from the friend group. You know, you can still see your friends, but you don't have to go with the out with the entire friend group. You don't have to go to group dinners. You don't have to go pregame with them. You can hang out with a few of your friends or a few of your girlfriends and, you know, just avoid him for a bit. I think you really need that because every single time you see him, you're like getting that hit of dopamine. Even if you don't think you want it, your brain is going to get excited. You're going to react. Your the emotions are going to come back. And what you really need to do is out of sight, out of mind for a bit. You need to take that break away. You need to not see him. You need to not be focusing on him, focusing on avoiding him or ignoring him or, oh my God, if I have another drink, will we end up talking? Like, You need to give yourself the opportunity to avoid all of that entirely. That being said, you know, I know the holidays are coming up, like there's holiday parties happening and Friendsgiving and Secret Santa and all this shit. If your friend group is doing that and you really like need to go and you can't avoid it, then the other thing I would suggest would be to really try and meet someone new, you know, make an active effort to go on dates to go to other places. Maybe you have a coworker who you could go out with instead of your group of friends. Like put yourself in the situation to meet new people because I, other than like a time being no contact, I really think that the other best way to get over somebody is to focus on someone new. And so I think that if you can't avoid him, you can't 
get away from that friend group thing, then you got to put energy into finding somebody new to be excited about. And really, you have to cut it off. Like, I imagine that if you're still ending up back at his house, like you're still in the situation ship. It hasn't actually ended and you can't get over it until you actually end it. And maybe it's literally even saying to him, like, we are done doing this. We are not doing this anymore. We both deserve more. This isn't working. It's not fulfilling either of us. Like maybe you need to have that actual like cold, hard, quote unquote, breakup and end of the situationship and take the opportunity to mourn it and, you know, tuck it away and say, okay, that is in the past. I would definitely recommend doing that. If you haven't yet, I do think it helps a lot. Next question. How to handle having feelings for a coworker when you think it could be reciprocated. Okay, so I just recorded an entire episode about this with my friends Kristen and Sam who met at work. They went through all of this. They had such great explanations. That will be coming out in December. But for now, what I can say is get some little vibe checks in. You know, maybe there's, I'm sure there's a holiday party coming up or maybe, you know, you can get your group of friends to do like a little coworker happy hour. I know that's a little tougher in COVID time, post COVID times, because we're not all in the office, but anything you can do to get into a group setting where you can like go off and have a one-on-one conversation, but there's less pressure that is going to allow you to feel it out and see, you know, are we really vibing? Like, are they actually interested? I would really try that. It's a lot less scary and intense and takes a lot of pressure off of like a one-on-one, like, oh, let's grab a drink. You know, maybe it's even just getting like three of your friends and this person together to do a happy hour, whatever it is, like you have to kind of feel it out. And another thing that we discussed, which I think is really important to pay attention to, and this goes for, you know, beyond just the coworker situation, but any situation has the vibe changed? Now, I'm sure you're on Slack or on Google Teams all day, Microsoft Teams, Google Meet, whatever. When you're talking, like, has it ever changed? Did it go from being very professional to a little flirty? Did it go from being, you know, friendly to flirty or professional to friendly? Like, has it, has anything like that changed? And are, that would be an indication of like, okay, they are picking up what I'm putting down. They're also putting this down and I'm picking it up. And I think changes in communication style is such an important indicator in any situation that something's going on. You know, are they texting you less frequently? Are they texting you more frequently? Are, has their tone changed? These are really good things to look out for to, you know, give you a little insight into what's going on in their brain because that's the first place it's going to show up for sure. But stay tuned for that episode. It is such a great one. And Chris and Sam are so amazing. And I'm so excited for their wedding next year. Next question. The advice on most dating podcasts and dating articles is to get off the app super fast and meet people in person. But the idea of going on an actual date is terrifying to me. I want to find connection, but the idea of going on a date is so unappealing that I almost never try. Hello, avoid an attachment style. This has unfortunately led to me ghosting people that I think might actually have some connection with because I just get too nervous. What can I do? Love the show and the perspectives you bring to the table with the wide range of guests. Thank you. Really appreciate the compliment, always. This is a question that I'm really glad you asked because I am sure... I'm actually, in fact, 1000% positive that you are not the only person who feels this way. But first of all, like props to you for, you know, putting yourself in the situation to learn, you know, for listening to the show, for listening to other dating podcasts and reading articles and trying to, you know, soak up that information and work on yourself. I really respect that. And I hope you are proud of yourself for doing that because that's something that a lot of people who are in your position might not be doing. Second of all, I totally understand it can be scary. 
it's so unfortunate that something that, you know, can lead to love can also cause so much anxiety. But I understand you're sitting down face to face with a stranger. You're trying to put your best foot forward. You're trying to ask the right questions. Like there's so much that goes into a date that can be really intense and really intimidating. What I would try and do is figure out what can you do that's like a balance. It's not directly maybe going on a date yet, but it's also not not going on a date. It's not ghosting people who you might be able to connect with. What situations can you put yourself in? So I have a friend who has had a really bad experience on dating apps, but she is amazing and she, you know, is so eligible and brilliant and beautiful and she just hasn't been going on any good dates and she's had a really hard time with her dating journey. And so what I've been trying to do is encourage her like meet people in real life, go to a speed dating event, go to a singles mixer, something like that. Obviously those don't sound appealing, you know, again, it's like putting yourself out there in a really uncomfortable situation. And she also is in the same boat. Like she gets really nervous and anxious rightfully so and totally understanding about dates and so what we ended up finding as a solution is I saw a post for a bookstore that was having a speed dating event and she is a big reader and I was like oh my god you should go to this and she was like wow I actually do want to go to that because that is a more comfortable situation. It's knowing that you already have this baseline connection with people. Yes, it might be awkward to go, but you are all going there and showing up for the same exact reason. You're all just hoping to meet someone. And it's people who are also going to a speed dating event at a bookstore. So you can imagine some of them might be more introverted like yourself. You can imagine some of them might be having the same bad experience with dating and wanting to intentionally put themselves out there and meet somebody. And so I think really trying to find opportunities within your community and within things that you enjoy will be a huge help for you. And maybe it's, you know, getting, joining a sports team and making connections like that, like a softball team or a kickball team, or going to a painting class and whatever it is that you enjoy. I think trying to find other people who enjoy the same thing and making the opportunity to organically meet people through that, it helps so much because A, it's not like getting ready and showing up on a date and having to have that face-to-face, like one-on-one hour-long conversation sitting across the table from each other. It takes that away. Two, you can start to connect and like develop a friendship with these people first. And three, you already have something in common that you can discuss, whether it's the game or the art or the books, like whatever it is, if you find that thing that you're passionate about and are able to find people who do the same thing, who enjoy the same hobby, who play the same sport, you're already connected. And that takes so much pressure off to have it be organic in that way. So I would definitely try and figure out, you know, what about you? Do you love? Maybe it's cooking class you're going to sign up for where it's like a four week thing, a baking class. Um, Maybe you want to become a bartender or learn more about wines, like whatever it is. I think you really just have to zero in on what you love to do and put yourself in the position to meet other like-minded people. On the flip side of that, I would try and really figure out what is it about the idea of going on a date that is so painfully unappealing to you that is making you, you know, not give yourself the opportunity to find love. Is it worth it to not go on a date if the 
result of that or the consequence of that is not finding love. What part about it? Is it before the date, that anxiety before going on it? Is it sitting down and having that conversation? Like maybe you can then find an activity to do instead of sitting down at dinner or drinks. You know, you could go play mini golf. You could go on a walk. You could do a little picnic. You could go to a board game cafe. So there's something else at the date that you can focus on instead of just the conversation. That could help you feel a little more relaxed. It helps take the pressure off. So I would really try and figure out what it is about a date that is so terrifying. And I'm not saying it's not. Like that is totally a valid feeling. But you might have to put yourself into uncomfortable situations sometimes to get a big payoff. And in my opinion, that payoff is worth it. Next question. I went on four great dates with a girl I met at my gym. She got very busy picking up a second job and couldn't continue, quote unquote, putting her all into dating, though she, quote unquote, really enjoyed spending time with me. So we stopped. Now she avoids eye contact when we're both at the gym. Thoughts or advice, if any. Ooh, I feel for you. That's the toughest part about like meeting somebody in the wild at a place that is supposed to be your escape, your safe space, your place to like express yourself. Um, because you're going to run into them. You're going to, if it doesn't work out, you're going to have that awkwardness. Um, I'm not sure if you're asking for advice on, you know, what to do with her or what to do about the awkwardness and avoiding eye contact. I think that with her, you know, I, maybe she is really busy. Maybe she just lost interest either way. I don't think, you know, there's going back to that situation at this time like she sees you every day too or whenever you're at the gym like if she was interested in picking things back up she'd probably let you know um but I think the biggest thing here is like how do we not have this awkward encounter or like awkward tension in the air elephant in the room whenever we go to the gym because the gym is supposed to be our safe place to work out and exercise and feel good I would honestly say like the best thing you can do is like break the ice at some point. She probably feels the awkwardness in the room. Like there's no way that she doesn't either. I'm sure she also is like secretly hoping to like not see you when you run, like when you, when she's going to the gym, I'm sure you're hoping that you're not going to see her when you go there. It's so uncomfortable. And like, I'm cringing thinking about it. I think at some point you really just got to like, if you see her or, you know, next time if you leave the gym and you had just seen her, I would either like shoot her a text or just like go up to her, preferably in person, always preferably in person, you guys go up to her and just be like, Hey, how are you? Like, how's the new job? Like, I feel like it's so like, it's a little awkward that like we see each other and run into each other here, but I want to let you know, like no hard feelings. And like, I hope everything is great. And I'm sure she'll, you know, reciprocate that and say like, no, like I feel it too, but I'm like really glad you said something. It makes me feel better. I think you'll both feel just this awkwardness released if you can address the elephant in the room that it's awkward and yes it's like an awkward thing but it's funny and it's something like there's no way she's not feeling it there's no way she's gonna be like oh that's so weird why did he say something so I would probably suggest doing that it's also like it's funny whatever but it really will help you clear the air and hopefully make the gym a safe space for you again So it's really just addressing the awkwardness and kind of laughing it off together. And now you can both go on and continue with your life. And I'm sure she'll appreciate that you're like wishing her well and hoping her new job is good. And it's also just showing like maturity that you're able to, you know, approach her and have that conversation and not act like you don't know each other and don't exist to each other. Okay, this next question, I feel so deeply. 
just got into a healthy relationship, but having trouble believing that it's real advice. Oh my God. Probably the first like six to nine months of my relationship with Jake, I was just waiting for the other shoe to drop because that is what I was used to. You know, when you go from being in an unhealthy relationship, a toxic relationship, a series of situationships to suddenly this healthy relationship, it feels so foreign. It feels like, is this real? Is this really happening? Is this too good to be true? You know, is how can I believe everything they say because people have lied to me before like do they actually like me the way that they say they do like I've never been treated this well like is it just for show like it makes you really question a lot of things which is so unfortunate because this is the time to enjoy it like the beginning especially the beginning stages of a relationship are so incredible and it's a time that you never get back and the fact that we spend our time in our heads being like, is this real? Like, like, is this what it's like to be treated well? Like, what if it's going to go wrong? What if the same thing is going to happen as has happened in the past? Like, it sucks that that is in our heads what we do. But you deserve to be in a healthy relationship. I know it feels foreign. I know there are questions that are going to come up. But this is your reality. Like you found someone great who treats you the way you deserve to be treated. And remember, like, like I said, you deserve to be treated well. You deserve that. And it's not a fluke. It's not just going to like end the same way all the other shitty situationships did. Like this is somebody who, you know, is intentional and who has communicated that they want to be with you and you have to trust them. Other people have hurt you in the past. That does not mean that this person is also going to hurt you. You know, they deserve a clean slate, just as you would hope that they're giving you a clean slate, even despite whatever has happened in their past. You know, you want them to trust everything that you're saying and live in the moment with you and enjoy that. So I would really just remind yourself, like, this is a good person. This is a good relationship. I do deserve this. And maybe it's even repeating those things in your head or coming up with some mantra you're going to tell yourself every time you get that voice in the back of your head being like, well, when's the other shoe going to drop? And it's so much easier said than done. Like I said, like I struggled with this for almost an entire year of my relationship and the other shoe didn't drop and everything actually was good. And this is an amazing person that I'm with and I feel so grateful. And you know what? I actually appreciate it. I think more than I would have had I not been through what I had gone through in the past, because now I know how special this is and how rare it is and how much I do deserve it. And so do you. So please, please, please do your best to try and enjoy it. And this is such an exciting time, you know, make the most of it. And I am so happy for you. Okay. Next question. Tips for bonding with my new significant other's family on a week-long vacation. It's my first time meeting most of them. Okay, so exciting. Huge milestone. And I'm sure that they are all so excited to meet you and so excited that you're in their family member's life. What I would say is, you know, your partner is your teammate on this. You know, talk to them first about... Like, tell me about each person that I'm going to meet, your siblings, your cousins, whoever it is that are there, the, the parents, grandparents, whoever it is, be like, what are they into? You know, what can I like bond with them over? Like, what are they passionate about? What are they up to? Like, where do they work? Are they in school? Like, try and learn, like literally do your research. You know, if you were going to give a presentation, you would practice, you would prep. If you were taking a quiz, you would study for it. If you were going for a job interview, you would do your research. And so I think the best way 
you can feel comfortable and confident and then be able to relax while you're on the vacation is if you do your prep work. So learn, you know, what they're all up to in life so that you can ask them questions about it and show them that you care. And I think that that is going to go such a long way with them. Like they're going to be so impressed that you're interested in their lives. I think that's like the biggest thing when I meet someone new, if they ask me questions, it makes me feel like they actually give a shit about me. And that's such a good feeling. And that reflects so highly on them and makes me think that they are so awesome. So I would recommend doing that. Also, I am sure that they are not going to let you pay for a single thing, but I think it would be really, really thoughtful if, you know, maybe you're in some cute town or area, like maybe there's like a chocolate store or something like if you can, you know, go out of your way to pick something up. And bring it back to the hotel, to the villa, to the house, wherever you're staying and be like, oh, I saw this in town like and I heard amazing things about it. So I got some for everyone to try. Maybe it's a dessert. Maybe it's some type of drink that is like really popular in that area. I think that will show so much thoughtfulness and effort. And I think everyone will appreciate that so, so much. It's like awkward. You can't like bring a gift really because you're going somewhere. It's not like you're going to meet parents and like can bring flowers um, to their house. So I think something like that would be like, would just go a long way with everyone but have so much fun. It's going to be amazing. And like I said, like they are so excited to meet you and to have you there. So just enjoy it. Um, always say thank you, please like manners, uh, ask if there's anything you can do to help. Um, but just again, enjoy it. This is such an awesome time and so exciting. Yay. Okay. Very timely and relevant question. And I'm sure it's on so many people's minds, tips for spending the holidays single and not feeling lonely. Okay. First of all, yeah, this is really hard. And it's something I've definitely struggled with every year during the holidays when I've been single and it's tough. This is like the biggest time of year where you're going to go on social media and see all these pictures of like couples doing coupley things and wearing matching pajama sets and going to the tree and, you know, putting up decorations and it's hard. I'm not going to lie. Like it is hard. So go easy on yourself. If you get upset about it, like that is completely, completely valid. This is also such a fun time of year and there is so much that you can enjoy if you're single. Like it, there's no rule. Nobody ever made a rule or a law that said you have to be in a relationship. You have to have a partner. You have to be falling in love. You have to be, you know, celebrating an anniversary to be able to enjoy the holiday season. Nope, absolutely not. There is so much that the holidays have to offer to anyone who is single. So what I would do, first of all, make a list of like holiday things that you've wanted to do. Is it go see the tree? Is it go to a Christmas market? Is it go ice skating? Is it, you know, go on a hot chocolate tour? Is it go to one of the really decorated bars or restaurants in your town or city? Whatever it is, make a list, make your own holiday bucket list and figure out which of these things are you going to do on your own? Which of these things are you going to do with friends? And maybe you have a group of friends, a group chat, text, text a group chat and be like, I'm doing all of these things this holiday season, like this is a sign up list. Who wants to come with me for what thing? Um, or, you know, if you don't have that group chat or a big group of friends, find your other single friend and be like, let's like crush this holiday bucket list together. Or if you don't have that many single friends, even your friends who are in relationships, like that doesn't mean that they're not down to do some of these things with you. So don't count them out either. I'm sure they would love to enjoy the holidays with you. So I would really narrow down like 
what are the things that you are dying to do this holiday season and find your people for it. And also pick things out that you're going to enjoy on your own. You can go to literally all of these things on your own. And that is so badass. That is so empowering. That is so awesome. Even if you've never taken yourself on a date before, like do it, put that on your list and enjoy yourself, enjoy your time with yourself, love yourself. Like what better way to spend the holidays by than by learning to love yourself and love time on your own doing things that you think are awesome. So try and do that. You know, don't let being single hold you back from doing the things and going to the places that you want to go because then you're letting like the fact that you're single take over and then you're letting yourself not enjoy all of the amazing things that this time of year has to offer. So that is what I would say on that. In terms of, you know, going home for the holidays and your relatives or your parents or whoever asking like, oh, like, why are you still single? Or like, oh, no plus one again this year. Oh, we're at the kids table again. Like literally, first of all, and I've said this before, I'll say it again to anyone listening, like, please do not ask your relatives that question. Don't ask your friends that question. Like it is such a a hard thing to hear and there is no good response. Like there is no response that's going to satisfy the asker or the asky. There's no good response and it just makes the person who's single feel like shit. It's like they're what they're dreading and hoping nobody's going to address and you're there addressing it. So like, please, please, please do not bring it up. If you do get asked that question, because I'm sure a lot of you unfortunately will because people are not self-aware and are not that nice not intentionally. It's just sometimes people don't realize that what they're saying or doing or asking can be hurtful. So if you get asked that question, I would say, you know, one of many things you can give them an answer about dating and being like, yeah, I'm actually like, I'm dating around. I'm getting to know people, but I haven't found the right person yet. And then change the subject. You can say, you know, I met someone, but they just weren't good enough for me and move on. You can say, you know, like I, have taken a break from dating apps to focus on myself, but I'm going to get back out there next year and I'm excited. You can say, actually, like being single is the least interesting thing about me. I have been crushing it at work and I just got a promotion and let's talk about that instead. You can change the subject. You can talk about how great the other things are in your life. You can talk about other things that you have going on. You can talk about work. You can talk about your friendships. You can talk about how you just got a great new apartment and show them pictures. Or you can literally ignore them Or even like if you're going to be salty to your relatives, like if you're down for that, you can be like, well, why are you still at the same job that you hate? (laughs) You know, like you can throw something back on them and be like, hmm, you shouldn't have asked me that Um, and ask them an equally painful question. I don't really recommend that, but if that's your vibe, go for it. Point being, you know, like I said, there's no answer that's going to satisfy someone, but I think it's really bold and really awesome if you just give a short answer and change the subject. So like, yeah, I... I'm dating, but haven't met the right person yet. And I'm not going to settle and then move on and then ask them a question and then ask them what they're drinking, you know, just to show that it's like them asking that question is not going to bring you down. I think that's really powerful too. So again, like short, sweet answer. You don't have to get into it. You don't have to give a million excuses. You don't need an excuse ever. Um, and just change the subject, ask a different question and don't be afraid, you know, don't be so scared that someone's going to ask you that because you're prepared to answer it. So those are definitely like the two top things I think for enjoying the holidays, like be prepared for that question to come and be prepared for what you're going to answer. 
and just don't let being single hold you back from having the best holiday season ever. It doesn't have to. Think about all the good things too. Like you get to go where you want, when you want. If you want to book a spontaneous trip somewhere, book a flight, like you can just do that. You're also saving a ton of money. You don't have to buy someone a really nice gift. You don't have to book yourself a flight to go visit their family, whatever it is. Like you get to do what you want to do this holiday season. So embrace that. You know, if you want to sit in bed all day and read a book, if you want to do a bubble bath and play Christmas music, if you want to do a marathon of Christmas movies, like, Nobody is stopping you from doing that and embrace the fact that you get to do whatever the hell you want this holiday season. And finally, remember that nothing is ever what it seems on social media. So even if you do see all these happy couples, I promise you they're not all happy. Everything is not jolly and merry and don't, don't, don't let that get you down. And if you know that it's really going to impact your mental health, like seeing all this stuff on social media, take a break, you know? Take a break from Instagram, take a break from TikTok, whatever it is. That's something that has helped me so much in the past. I actually like gave a friend my password and let them change my password so that I could not access my account. And I did that for three whole months. Yes, me, Alana Dunn, took a three-month break from Instagram. And it was the greatest thing I ever did. And it helped me heal so much. It helped me focus on me. It helped me, you know, not have to be fed all of these highlight reels from people and all of these stories that they wanted to tell and things they wanted you to see that weren't even reality. So I highly, highly recommend a social media break. If you know that social media gets you down, like don't let it, you know, you have the power to put that out of your head. All right, let's get a few more quick ones in here and then I will send you on your way to enjoy your Thanksgiving. Okay. Somebody asked, are you single? Um, I love that question because I don't get asked it often anymore because I'm so like public about my relationship. But no, I'm not single. My boyfriend Jake and I met on Hinge. We matched on um, in January of 2021, went on our first date in February. And yeah, we're like over a year and a half now, which is so crazy, I guess, coming up on the two-year mark soon. And I feel really, really lucky to have found him. I went through a series of really horrible dating situations and situationships and relationships before that. And um, I am just so happy and grateful that I met him. He and I have also recorded a few episodes. If you want to get to know us more, want to get to know him, want to get to know what it's like to date me. So you can check those out. Any tips to get more matches on Hinge? Listen, there's no magic pill. There's no like put this on your profile and you'll get more matches. But what I would say is really, really make sure you have put effort into your profile. Are your prompts and photos representative of who you are? Are your prompts actually saying something about you or are they just like corny, cheesy one-liners or you're trying to be funny, you're trying to be witty? You know, your profile is really a place that you should spend time on. You should work on it. You should make sure that it is reflective of who you are. You should make sure it is telling a story about you. It is sharing what your passions are, what your curiosities are, what you want from a relationship, what you want in your future. Your profile should really be actually saying something about you so that somebody can learn something and find something to connect with you on. So I would make sure you are spending time. Like don't just rush to fill out your profile and get swiping. Like put time into your profile. You would not send out a job, like you would not send an application without working on your resume and going over it and making sure that it is so representative of who you are and the work you've done. Your profile should be the exact same. Are your pictures, you know, actually showing what you look like or are you kind of turned away in them? Do you have pictures with friends in in all six pictures where somebody can't tell who you are? Are they just 
pictures of you like in the mirror doing a selfie or a car selfie or a gym selfie? Or are they actually like photos of you where somebody can see you clearly and somebody can, you know, get a story from them. Like a picture is worth a thousand words. Make sure that your photos on your dating app profile are showing off who you are, things you like to do, places you like to go. And that is the best advice I have for profiles. Um, I, as part of my job, I do dating app profile revamps. I love doing these. You can book them link in the show notes, link in bio. It's a 30 minute session with me. I do a ton of prep work. You show up and I already have a PowerPoint presentation, a slide deck of what improvements we're going to make to your profile. And then we work on your prompts together so that you can tell me who you are and I can turn those into prompts that are going to attract the right type of people that are going to attract more people to actually message you and to start conversations. So you can always book that, but yeah, you got to make sure your profile is putting your best foot forward. Otherwise you're not going to get matches and you're not going to find someone cold, hard truth, but you know, I want you guys to succeed and I really want to make sure that you are putting your best foot forward on your profiles. How to approach men and get their number. Love this question. Love that you want to do this. Love that you're willing to put yourself out there. Um, I actually talked about this, I think, with uh, Jake Tuff on our recent episode of how to tell if a guy is interested in you. And somebody asked a question similar about, you know, like approaching a guy in real life or, you know, making the first move. Let me tell you, like guys think it's so hot and bold and that's because girls do not do it. And so if there's somebody that you see at a bar, wherever you are, at the grocery store, at a coffee shop, like literally go up to them and say hi. You know, ask what they ordered, ask what they're drinking, ask how whatever they're eating is, ask if, you know, they've seen the band in concert before, if you're at a concert, like you just have to make the initial approach and say something and get into a conversation and it will go from there. And look, there's a chance that you're not going to connect. There's a chance that they're dating somebody. There's a chance that they open their mouth and you actually decide, oh, I don't like this person. I don't like what they have to say. I hate their voice, like whatever it is, you know, but you are putting yourself out there and so many people are going to think that is so awesome. And so you just have to do it. And there's actually a quote from the movie, We Bought a Zoo. This is my favorite quote in the world. It's also an incredible and underrated movie. So definitely go watch We Bought a Zoo this month, this week, a great Thanksgiving week. It's like so cozy and feel good and a little emotional, um, but great movie. We Bought a Zoo. Hashtag ad, not really, but The quote is, all it takes is 20 seconds of insane courage, and I promise you something good will come from it. And I first saw this movie probably like in the beginning of college, and I really lived by that. You know, there might be something you want to say to somebody. There might be somebody you want to talk to, something you want to go do, and it can feel really scary. You just have to tell yourself it will be over in 20 seconds, and you can either go and do it or not do it and always wonder. And you just have to like close your eyes for a second, like take a deep breath, be like, okay, in three, two, one, I'm going to go do it and then go do it. And I promise you it will pay off. You will be so proud of yourself for doing it. It will maybe go the way you want. And if not, you tried and you know, and you got the answer. Even if it's not the answer you want, it's better than not knowing or never having gone for it. So I literally love that quote so much. And I really encourage you guys all to like take more risks and be bold and all it takes is 20 seconds of insane courage and I promise you something great will come of it. 
Okay, you guys, thank you again for sending in questions. This has been so great. I love doing these episodes. I don't think I do them enough. I don't know. Let me know if you guys want more or less of them. Let me know if there's a specific topic you want me to cover. If I did not get to your question, I promise I am saving them all. I will on a future episode in the listener questions section um, at the end with the guest. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. Again, I am so grateful for each and every one of you. I appreciate you so much. Um, Not that I want to give you as a task, but of course, if you have a minute and have not yet given a five-star rating on Spotify or a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, it means so much and goes such a long way when we're trying to pitch to brands, when other people look at the show and debate if they're going to listen. So please, please, please take a second to do that or share this episode on your story, tag seeing other people, send it to the group chat. If you have a friend who has not yet listened to the podcast, introduce it to them. Maybe they'll thank you. Maybe they'll learn something and maybe they will, you know, change a bad dating habit and end up meeting somebody and have you to thank. So thank you guys again. I love you so much. I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving week. I hope you eat some great food. I hope you watch some great movies and do some great holiday shopping and I will see you guys next week. Okay. I love you. I still haven't figured out how to end these episodes. If anyone has a suggestion, let me know. We're like two years into the podcast almost and I don't have an outro line and it's awkward. Okay. Bye.